0: Rippy Writes with Brian Scott Rippey Transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall and then writing down every thought you have.
1: What is up on a Monday? I'm Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning into another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast. It is our Sunday baseball conversation with Colin Brister as the Rebels were swept by Florida over the weekend to fall in to 0 and 6 and SEC play for the first time in uh, nearly 30 years. Talked a lot about what went wrong this weekend, uh, the outlook for this team that is now very much in a hole heading to College Station, and uh, pretty much everything you watched this weekend. So buckle up. think you'll enjoy the conversation. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to remind you, podcast is brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Fix? Well, glad you asked. So the world's best gambling handicapping website. The inventors of the Skybox matrix, and advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. If you did not use Skybox on March Madness, you probably didn't win any money, which is a shame. If you'd use Skybox, you definitely would have. They're the best handicapping service in the business. They've got all kinds of different sports. The NASCAR is crushing it right now. It's not too late to sign up and uh, profit on the Final Four in the national title game. got the NBA playoffs coming up. All kinds of great stuff. All you have to do is go to skyboxsportspicks.com. Find a picks package that's going to fit your price range. Use the promo code Rippy R-I-P-P-E-E, and that'll get you 20% off. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue. If you're a Rippy Right subscriber, it's rippyrights.substack.com. Get a free newsletter from me and discounted meats. Right now, the deal is three six-ounce bacon wrap fillets for 20 bucks, that's about a $40 valuation. You're getting there for 20 bucks. Just go and show Greg or whoever's in there proof of subscription. He'll get you set up. Then go find all your own favorites. It's the best butcher shop in the world, Crown Jewel of Oxford. I love the sausages, fresh seafood, all kinds of different stuff there. Check them out, LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. All right, here's Colin Brister on the weekend that was for Ole Miss baseball. All right, we now welcome on our man Colin Brister, Rippy Wright's baseball correspondent. Uh Ole Miss won a national title last year.
0: They did. They did. I'm glad you went there first. They uh the women's team made the sweet sixteen. Um things are well. Things things are things are well in the Ole Miss Athletic Department. Just hired Chris Beard. Um, never mind. I got sent this earlier today. Never mind the fact that they are 3-25 and 25 in the SEC in men's basketball, baseball, and football since Alabama beat Ole Miss in football back in November. Um, I choose to ignore that.
1: Did you pull that set on your own? Or what psychopath sent you that? What? What's wrong with you? Uh, what, what,
0: one of my buddies sent me that.
1: That's yeah. not great.
0: Since Ole Miss walked off the field losing to Alabama and their coach uh, considering, uh, I'll say lightly, uh, the, Auburn, or, yeah, the Auburn job, they have gone three and 25 in the SEC in men's basketball, baseball, and football. Um, I, I don't recall the SEC basketball wins because I stopped watching somewhere around the middle of January, but I'll take his word for it.
1: Yikes. I mean, it would be kind of funny in a presser. Uh, Mike was like, you know, our guys have been really bummed out since that Saturday in October or early November, <laughs> and that might be contributing to it. Just shift the flame to Kiffin. But, yeah, it's uh, it wasn't a great weekend for the Rebels. And I'll, uh, to get to the actual point of the pod, obviously Ole Miss The Ole Miss was swept by Florida. They were 0-6 in the league for the first time since 1996. I read Chase's story after the game today. He said that the 96 team was 1-17 and in the SEC at that point. Um, I don't think this team will be 1-17. I'll just throw that hot take out there. One of the things I found interesting about the note that he had in there that Ole Miss played LSU in a in a game that they lost that didn't count for league purposes. What do you figure that was? Is that just Governor's Cup with Louisiana flavor? Like what do you? I know you were what five in nineteen ninety six four whatever. No, I am dating you already. Three, there we go. I was one. What do you figure that was? I thought that was an interesting. Uh, do
0: you think do you think they played uh, play the game and the winner got the money from the uh, land of the Lake Hospital down there? So how that worked? I don't know. Oh, I don't know.
1: Uh, they seem to be more interested in stealing money from that place and keeping it for themselves. But uh, I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Point being, Ole Miss is in a really tough spot. And this was a uh, – you know, there were a number of different places we could start with this pod. Um, I, I'll start with the game one because that felt like a back-breaking loss. They were at a three-run lead. They were six outs away from securing – um, a one to nothing series lead against a very good team after they really got after a pretty good arm who had thrown a one-hitter, complete game one hitter the weekend before against Alabama. And Ole Miss really kind of got after um and got into the bullpen early in the game, but was just not able to capitalize. And I just I don't know, that felt like a very backbreaking defeat because Sproad had been really good for about three weeks and he had some good strikeout numbers. Like he had he his swing and miss stuff was pretty good and he got a couple of timely strikeouts. But I mean, Ole Miss knocked him around for eight runs and I think, or excuse me, eight hits. And I think all five of the runs that he gave up were earned. And to have that happen and to score five runs in the first four innings of a Friday night game, despite it being on Saturday and to take a lead into the eighth inning and not be able to close it out with your bullpen being fully healthy. Felt like a backbreaking defeat, and I'm not going to lie, I looked at it. I know they wanted an hour until the turnaround, but I'm sitting there going, the rest of the weekend's probably not going to go well for the Rebels.
0: Yeah, usually when you uh, blow games like that, in the first game of a doubleheader, it doesn't end well. Um, you know, we can talk about the, the, some decision-making in that first game and, and whatnot, but the reality is the offense did well of the job and gave you a chance against a really good arm. Um, Jack Doherty, again, not able to get to the fifth inning, so you have to call on Matthew Morrell early. Um, uh, or is it, did I say that? Is it
1: Matt? Mitch Morell. Oh, sorry,
0: sorry. I didn't sorry. I even Matt know that. I didn't
1: even make the connection. They had the same name until yeah. you said that. But we do have two Morells on the campus right yeah. now. Anyway, continue. Yeah.
0: yeah, for currently the time being. Um. Uh. So Mitch Morell comes in, does a great job. They pull him. They give it to Mason Nichols, who uh struggled and gives up what four runs, with recording one out and Ole Miss is not able to come back in the bottom of the eighth or the bottom of the ninth and um, lose the game. And at that point, you know, you're up against it with Grayson Shauna, who's not been very good um, really at all this year, I guess, Hurst and Waldrup. And, you know, what sucks is they actually get to Waldrup and, and go down, what, six to nothing, and they put the five spot up on Waldrup Or maybe it's five and they put a four. Whatever,
1: they get it with a Five spot in the third, yes.
0: Yeah, and and the pitching is just not able to hold Florida down so you can fully get back into the game. It's just the pitching is not good enough. It's – we can look at this team, and the offense has not performed up to what I thought they would. Um, but I'm not totally sure outside of today um, it would have mattered. So, um, the pitching's not very good. It's very, very bad. and They've got to get it fixed before they decide to do anything um, of value in the SEC play. It's – uh man, you go look at that SEC stats page. SEC only game stats page in the pitching line. And it's like a non ERA and almost a two whip. It's uh, it's as bad as I've ever seen it. And last year wasn't good, but it's as bad as I've ever seen it.
1: It it really is. And I'll push back a little bit where you talk about the, the pitching, not not, like the pitching, not being good enough and it not mattering until today. So I agree with you. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and go, actually, you know, the pitching hasn't been that bad again. just Look at the basic stats page. And it's like, Oh my God, this is not good. What I will push back on a little bit is, had the offense given them a little bit of a lift on Sunday in Nashville, they'd have probably or Saturday in Nashville, they might have won that game. And to be totally honest, I know the Thursday and the Thursday game in particular in Nashville got out of control, but the offense was bad enough to where. It didn't even give them a chance to kind of remain in the game. I yeah. felt the same on Friday. You know what I mean? Like I'm not blaming the offense for either one of those losses, given the amount of runs that Ole Miss gave up in that game. Right? They ended up getting run ruled, and they lose eight to nothing on the Friday game when Hunter Owens was Hunter Owen was so good. But it just it, it I guess this is not even necessarily able to be backed up in numbers. But they were so bad even in those two games for the early innings, it didn't give you much of a shot. And so again, I'm not. I, I'm please don't call me a pitching apologist here if that's even such a thing, but the offense has struggled too, and that is probably why they are zero and six versus I don't know two and four would be the best outcome, but at least one and five, you know what I mean. Yeah. But,
0: but the offense, or you know what, what's unfortunate about this is that the offense did. Do what they're supposed to do on Friday and Saturday. Well, Game One and Game Two, however you want to phrase it. For just for like for clarification purposes, can we say talk about like when we refer to Friday, we Game One, Saturday Game Two, and Sunday Game Three, so that way any from from now on, like nobody can say ah oh, that, that that was you know enough. I'm not Whatever. smart
1: enough to yeah. do that. We tried this last year, but I'll do my best. How about that? Friday Game
0: One. We're just for the rest of the year whether Ole Miss plays Game One on Thursday or Saturday. We'll <laughs> game just, One. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I'm just saying if we say Friday, we're Friday. Oh,
1: okay. Now you're speaking my language. Yes. I I deserve the right to be wrong on the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's just Friday's game one, Saturday's game two, and then Sunday's game three. It's just that's how, that's how God intended for it to be. Um, I'm not sure he intended for almost to be 0 and 6 in SEC (laughs) play, but here we are. Um, Yeah. Look, the offense has not been as good as maybe I thought it would be, but, but man, like they can't get, Xavier Rivas is their best pitcher right now, right? And yes. like you look at his numbers. Here's what's here's what's not great. Xavier Rivas is their best pitcher. And you look at his numbers and you're like, yeah, that dude will be really good on Sundays. Well <laughs> the issue is he's your best dude. Um uh, so like he gives you the Sunday start, but the problem is you kind of need uh the Sunday start on Friday. You know what I mean? So I I don't know what to do. I do know this. They cannot trot trot on Sankey. That that can't happen, especially on Saturday or, or on Game Sunday. Two. Um, like you lost the game and then try to take that kid out there and struggle to try to get you back in it. I don't know what you do. I don't know if you start Mitch Morell. I, I I have no idea, but I know that when Ole Miss plays in College Station next weekend, um, it's not doing itself any favors if he's your Game Two. Any favors if it's he's your Game Two starter at this point.
1: Yeah, so I will go right there now. I wanted to hit the pitching change piece of it, but let's just get into this right now. We can backtrack to the game one uh here in a second. See, I'm already breaking our own rules here, but you get what yeah. I'm doing. We talked about this a couple of times as Sonia has continued to struggle. I mean, I think his best outing, um, you know, Mike called last uh, game two uh, start against Vanderbilt, probably his best outing, which almost, look, Mike didn't intend it this way, but almost felt like a backhanded compliment in some ways because he did go five innings in Minnesota um, against Minnesota. Now, granted, that was a winless Minnesota team, and it's not like he shut the lights out by any stretch of the imagination. He still allowed five earned runs on eight hits, but still it struck out 11 and managed to give them some length Outside of that, it just hasn't been good enough. I mean, Ole Mrs. Saturday got. This is Grayson Sonja. He's a freshman. Again, not picking on the kid per se, By, like, or do not intend to, but he's got what? There's six weekends into this sucker now. He's got six starts, four innings, 2.2, five innings, four innings, four and a third, and two innings. Like, you can't survive that way in the Southeastern Conference. You just can't. And for the most part, it's been walks. You know, he's got six out, he's got six starts, and in three of them, he's given up two hits or less. And then the other ones where walks haven't been as much of the issue. He hasn't given any length, you know what I mean? It's been one thing or the other there. He hasn't been able to yeah. piece it all together. He's clearly talented, but I, I'm with you. I don't think they have the ability to continue to wait on him to put it together right now.
0: Um, an SEC play, what's funny is the walks aren't really even an issue. He's thrown 6.1 innings, given up 15 hits in three walks. My man almost has a three whip in SEC play. Um, uh, look, the talent is obviously there. If you watch the kid pitch, the fastball's got real life. The sliders has got real depth and real bite. Um, it's just not happening right now. And, you know, look, the, the team in 2019 was good enough to watch Gunner struggle and say, Hey, he's going to be really good. We just got to give him time. This, this team ain't good enough. This team doesn't have that ability. And, and I'll be honest with you, everybody, and I get it. They're going to say, Hey, last year's team was seven and 14. Um, and they, quite frankly, the team that was seven and fourteen had a tougher road to get into the NCAA tournament than what this one has. I believe somebody sent this to me. Um, Eighteen of their twenty-four remaining SEC games are going to be against non-ranked teams. You know what I mean? Last year they had to go to two LSU and host A&M in those nine games. Um, so, so to so say this team can't make a run and get themselves in position to make the NCAA tournament feel like it's a little premature. That being said. So you know, last year when they were seven and fourteen, it was like, man, they're really—they got all this talent, and it's just not happening for them. And it's like, this sucks. This, this you know, they're seven and fourteen, but this—this this is a really good baseball team. It just hasn't happened not for. Not sure this is a really good baseball team. Maybe it is. Maybe at some, some point time. they are. But when I look at them, like, I just don't see really good and really talented baseball team right now.
1: No, I, I, I don't either. I see a pretty good offense that maybe was a little bit slightly overvalued because they beat up on some pretty weak non-conference pitching. And outside of getting to Savakul once, uh, the Maryland pitcher, the second time they faced him, they have not been tremendous against great arms until this weekend, right? They, I mean, they were very good against Waldrop and Sprout. It was unfortunate that Ole Miss couldn't capitalize on that. But I'm with you, and it's sticking on the uh, – the sonye conversation for a second i agree with you but i don't even know if this is devil's advocate i just the counter argument because again i i would i would make a switch too but the counter argument to that i guess is the fact that if you if you move him out i would assume the two options just off the top of my head would be morell or Quinn. and if you like, can you use sonye out of the bullpen because if you do that, you're now eliminating another bullpen arm that hasn't, that, for a pin that hasn't been good already, yeah. And for a group that's, it's already becoming a numbers game for them, where it's like I, I don't know what they have available. You know what I mean? So like, is it worth eliminating another potential bullpen arm? Obviously, the other side of that is, well, if your starter is only getting you two innings, what, what, what does it matter anyway? I'm just curious. Like, do you think they can use him out of the pen, or do you think this will be so, a net minus one in terms of number of pitchers they can use on a weekend? If that makes sense,
0: yeah, yeah, I think they can use him out of the pen. The issue is, I don't think they would. I think they would move him into the midweek role. Um, you know, obviously, probably wouldn't be this midweek, but I think that would be his role going forward. Uh, this is what I would do. And nobody asked my opinion, but I'll give it anyways. Um, I would try I'll
1: ask, Jack what's your opinion?
0: I think I would try Jack Doherty out there on Friday because I don't think you've got another option. I, I just don't like – has Jack been good enough? No. But what else you going to do? You know what I mean? Like he's the only dude with the, the potential stuff to go start on Friday nights right now. It's, and Jack wasn't bad. He just – they tried to get him extended and it, it didn't go well.
1: And I think um, most rational people, particularly our listeners understand that he is in a role that he is not suited for. And he's just literally doing the best he can because of a lack of, 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 of other options.
0: I would move, move on up Saturday and then I would put the old TBD on Sunday and whatever, whoever's available, we'll see, we'll try what, whatever. I'll figure it out on Sunday. Um, but I'm not saving anybody for Sunday because quite frankly, look, I'll say it like this. Um, outside of Mitch Morell. Yeah, outside of Mitch Morell, nobody's worth saving. Like you can trot any of those dudes out there on Sunday and it's the same thing, right? Like literally. Okay. If, if Ole Miss goes through, um, Friday and Saturday, don't ask me how they do this, but they only use Mitch Morell, Jack Doherty and Xavier Rivas. And now you've got to pitch, pick a sun, a
1: Sunday starter. Who are who are you picking? Hold on, run through that one more time. What's the scenario? Just, just, just hypothetically, right? You already used
0: I've used Rivas, I've used Doherty, I've used Morrell. They're all burned. Okay, who are you starting on Sunday?
1: Quinn or Sonye?
0: But does it matter if you start Takuyan? Or, no. You see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. They're all a bunch of dudes named Joe at that point. Yes. So just pick a name out of them. Hat. So I'm not saving anybody for Sunday, I guess is my point. I would try to do everything I could to, uh, you know, get the most out of Doherty, Revis, and morell And on Sunday, we're just going to roll somebody out there. And quite frankly, if I'm Mike, I just keep going through dudes until I find one that can pitch worth a crap. Um, you know, Jordan Vera had a, had a decent weekend this week. Um, I, I would not just roll through dudes on Sunday at this point. I, I don't trust anybody to take the mound. Besides Doherty, Revis, and, uh, right now, even, even Mason Nichols is struggling. So, you know, there's no No roles because outside of those three, nobody has proven that they can get the job done this year.
1: Would you throw to in that group as possibly? No.
0: Okay. Um, he, he looked like he looked promising and maybe it's a freshman wall deal. Um, but I know Mike obviously trusts him more than he trusts the other guys, but I, if it's just me from my eyes, I don't I don't necessarily see it right now.
1: I think that strategy makes sense. I don't really have much of a counter, right? I mean, look, I, I agree with you. There's not really anyone worth saving. um, Right now, undisputedly, you're, well, I say best starter. I don't know. That's probably a little bit relative because you're comparing Doherty versus Rivas, but your two best starters are Jack Doherty and Xavier Rivas. And I think yeah. that's fairly obvious at this point. And so I think you probably need to pitch them in the first two games. I mean, that would make sense. Um, I'll throw another name out at you here. And he's gotten a little bit of run, but not a ton. They've used Braden Jones pretty sparingly. And yeah. in a bullpen with not a ton of gaudy numbers, that is a kid that on the year – has pitched 12 and two-thirds innings. He's only allowed two earned runs on 12 hits with nine walks. Don't get me wrong. It hasn't been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But do you consider giving him a little more run? I don't know in place of what or how what that even looks like or how it even looks. But at a certain point, if you're going to kind of shake up the rotation, go with the old TBD, maybe take someone out of the pen and replace them with Sonia, I would assume Braden Jones at some point would just certainly have to get a more run. I mean, I think he allowed – He pitched a scoreless inning in the, uh, I guess, was that the game two? What's today? It was today, today, game three. Yeah, excuse me, today. Sorry, I'm getting all my days mixed up. I had not realized
0: that he had not thrown an SEC play. Um, I I, I, quite frankly had forgotten about him. Uh, I thought Jones had been good. Up until, I mean, relatively, I thought he had been good, um, and thought he should be getting more action in SEC play. Now it may have been a situation where, quite frankly, Ole Miss doesn't want to put him in when they're behind and, and burn one of their better arms. I get that aspect of it too. Um, so yes, I think, I think he's one that certainly has deserved to throw more higher leverage innings for the Rebels and, and they need to figure out a way to, to get him those opportunities. I'm not saying he's getting great. I'm not saying he's been great, but you know, like, at some point, you just – the guys that get out, on the most consistent level. You give them the opportunity, and I think those guys are famous, essentially Morell and Jones, and quite frankly, I don't know how you pick anybody else after that. Um, it's just all a bunch of dudes after that. Now, some of those dudes are going to be really good at some point in their career, but right now they're struggling, and, and you've got to do the uh, the best you can to go amongst those guys and, and, and find who can help you this year right now. Um, and – I don't know any other way to do that but then to throw them in the fire. That's why on Sundays from now on I just start rolling these out there
1: and we get them out. And, you I know you were just hop, hypothesizing there, but if it had been just simply the case of you don't want to burn your better arms in bad situations, I still think we would have seen Braden Jones sure. make an SEC play debut before the sixth game. But maybe that's something they can discover from this weekend. I don't really know. And the sure. weird part about it is there's some parallels – to last year in terms of trying to figure out the pitching. They're not the same situation by any stretch of the imagination, but just at a 10,000-foot view, it's like, all right, this team has to figure out the pitching. The problem now is as bad as the early part of last year in conference play seemed, um, Ole Miss was still, what, five and six after? No, no they were
0: five and four after, or four and five after three. And mathematically
1: impossible to do now. Yeah, so four – yeah, five and six. Good God, I can't add today. You're right, four oh, and five. Four My five, thing being nine, is they nine, took an Auburn series at Auburn, and they took a series at Kentucky with that Tennessee sweep sandwiched in between. Well, now you're already going six, man, and you're going on the road to a college station to a team – that uh is one in five. Now you don't think they de- they understand they need to turn their season around. That might be the most desperate late March series, early April series of, of all time. It, it's a tougher, like the schedule is not as bad as last year's team, as you pointed out earlier, but man, just from a sheer mass standpoint, the, the road is brutal. I mean, you're nine losses away from getting in the danger zone in terms of just being able to qualify for the NCAA tournament. And when you look at through it, through that lens, it it's a lot more daunting, but it's, It's one of those situations where, and I know we talked about this before we started recording, I I don't think this team is is good, um, particularly right now and with the injuries and all that. I I don't think they're as bad as 0-6 because there's been a little bit of some yin and some yang here where, yes, the pitching of the SEC games, I would say the pitching has not nearly been good enough in at least four of them. Maybe you can make an argument for five, whatever, semantics. But in the two that it was good enough, the offense didn't show up. And that just can't happen given – even if – like the current state of this team with the injuries they have on the mound, that can't happen. And it's not like in those two games you're asking the offense to carry the team. They just didn't really show up at all and give them much of a chance. And so while I do think the expectations for this team have drastically changed – I don't think they're as bad as 0-6, and and maybe that's a Pollyanna outlook, but it just seems like what could go wrong has gone wrong, and in terms of the offense and the pitching lining up, it is yet to do that in a game this year. And I know that sounds like a simplistic way to put it, but I don't think they're as bad as 0-6, even though that's their record. And maybe that's, again, an overly optimistic way to look at it, but I don't know. That is just how I feel. I don't think they're a good team. I think they're a team that's going to struggle to make the NCAA tournament at this point. But zero and six, like I don't know, it doesn't feel the same as state to me, and I know that's a low bar. I guess I'll end. Yeah, it yeah, no, I, I would much. It's, like, do you it's really think is. they'll go five and twenty-five? I guess that's the question. On no, no, look, I've got
0: twenty-three years of data that says the guy in the dugout doesn't go worse than thirteen and seven. I'm beginning to wonder if this is going to be the year that's true, um, but I got a lot of data that says that's not going to happen. Um, if I if I wouldn't it as sad as it sounds i I, uh, I would not want to switch um the old Miss rebels for the Mississippi State Bulldogs right now. I'll say it like that um but no, I just look they're not playing well and, and at some point, you know here's my thing at some point I think they figure it out. I do at some point I think they go on a on a six and three or seven and two run. The issue is going to be is it gonna be too late when that happens exactly um. You've got to look. I said they needed to be nine and nine through their first 18 because the six, the first six series are hard. They're obviously not going to be nine and nine. Um, if they are, then we're going to talk about this team hosting a regional again, but I don't, I don't foresee that happening. Look, you've got to go in the the series in college station next weekend. Um, you've got to get to, how does it sound? You've got to get to two and seven. And then if you can get through the first 18 at about six and 12, seven and 11. Somehow, some way. Um, you know, is it impossible for you to go eight and four over your last three series or our last four series? No, no, that can, that could certainly happen. Um, so yeah, look, it's, it's, it's silly and, and as mundane as this sounds, one game at a time right now. Um, here's the thing, right? Last year they had a lot, I had, they had three dudes that, uh, will forever live in Own Miss Infamy. Um, we're good. We're good. We're good. We've got it. They're playing a bunch of young kids right now, and they're playing a bunch of dudes that have never really played before, especially on the mound. Um, and, and they're playing a bunch of transfers. They're playing a Clarka. Uh, they're playing Leger. They're playing Graf, who, who those guys are kind of struggling in their own right right now, um, that haven't been through the SEC wars before. So I don't know. I, I, you're right. This team is not as bad as 0 and 6. It's not. I just wonder if they're going to run out of time before they all put it together.
1: No, I'm with you. I'm on the same page there. Like, I mean, look, I've the old Bill Parcells quote, you are what your record is and it's going to be a run out of time thing. I just, in terms of the quality of the team versus the record, I just don't think they're as bad as 0 and six. And again, there's not much there's not much evidence to point toward that right now. I just I believe this offense will ultimately hit, and I believe the guy in the dugout will ultimately find a way, even though this may be his toughest task yet, after we spent Got the him, 2022 know. season saying that was his toughest task, and maybe both are true at the same time. I don't know. I think he will ultimately find a way to cobble together a somewhat competitive pitching staff until Elliott gets back, and this team will probably end up fighting for an NCAA tournament berth. But it's, it's, it's kind of nuts. Like, I know we talk about the whole college baseball, the 30 game season being like weirdly like, ah, not every game matters, but at the same time, every game matters. It's very bizarre how quickly your outlook can change in just two weekends, right? And look, getting swept twice is a very dramatic occurrence. Don't get me wrong, but it is kind of weird, like two weeks ago, you're kind of like, oh, can this team stick around 500? And you know, 14 pod, 14 days later from whatever show we recorded before SEC play, it's like, can they get in the tournament? It is kind of crazy how quickly that team, Yeah. Which goes yeah. to show you the value, even if you're not playing good baseball, don't get swept. Getting swept and yeah. sweeping is a massive, massive swing in this sport.
0: Oh, absolutely. The, the difference between two and one and three, though, is, is unreal. Um, So, so I just kind of went and did it. I can get them to 15 wins. I can't. They need two this weekend. They need one against Arkansas. They need... Likely right they need three at Mississippi State. But I'm give them two. Um, he won at LSU. That's sick. Okay? Two, at Georgia, or two versus Georgia, I'll you. You're going to have to win two at Missouri, which is a little bit easier said than done. Yeah. Two at Alabama. And then sweep Auburn at home. You always sweep Auburn at home. Auburn hasn't won a game in uh, Oxford since, I believe, literally in so Over 11 years. My freshman year of college. So I can get these dudes to 15 wins. Uh, but it starts this weekend. Like, like you, you, you have got to go get two in College Station, or it gets hairy. Um, it's quite frankly, if you made me pick today, I don't know how I realistically expect this team to go win two games in College Station when they just got their brains beaten three times at home. Um, so, but yeah, so yeah. it there is a realistic path, and it's funny, like if. You know, I feel like if we were doing a, a podcast on a different team in the state, I don't feel like, you know, you would say there's a realistic path in the NCAA tournament. Um, but I do think there is a path to it. Ole Miss has just got to play better. Um, do I think it's the most uber-talented team in the world? No, I, I, I don't at all. But I think they're, like you said, look, I don't think they're as bad as the 0-6 record. I think there is a path in the NCAA tournament. Um, as funny as that sounds to talk about it in March. But they're just going. They're just going to have to go get it done over the next few weeks. You, you got it has to start now. You, you cannot leave College Station at one and eight or zero and nine and talk about this. They're going to have to go get it done. And, and again, twenty three years of data says that this the guy in the dugout is not going to suck. So I'm going to choose to to believe that until it's true, until it's not
1: true. Yeah, and it's interesting creating a couple points from the weekend. One of the things I thought of on Saturday when I was watching that game one. It'll Miss kind of pissed down its leg, for the lack of a better phrase, and lose. What again, you could just sense it at the time. That just felt like a very back loss for this team in terms of the outlook until you get Hunter Elliott back. But for a team that was always going to have a small margin for error, like, I, I guess my point in all of this is, like, say that Friday game, they get to, or game one, they get to Sprout, right? They score the six runs. They have a 6-3 lead in the eighth. With a healthy Hunter Elliott, there is a world where that game, you just bridge it straight to Doherty and you probably close that thing out what, I don't know, 90 times, 95 times out of a 100 when you have a six-run lead with six outs to go. Like, Elliott probably gives you the length where you can just go straight to Doherty. Maybe you need Nichols or someone for an inning. Whereas with this team, Doherty can't quite give you the length um that you need. You have to use a couple arms in between. Mitch Morell, who was very good, um, to his credit in between that. And then you go to Nichols on the back end. Like, I-, I guess my point being the margin for error without Mallets and without a healthy Riley Maddox was already going to be small for this team. And I just thought that first game kind of underscored how small it was because you take, you know, a Hunter Elliott out of that equation and the outcome is just drastically different, if that makes any sense at all. Like, if that game goes Elliott to Doherty, or Elliott to morell to Doherty. Ole Miss wins that what? I don't know. Again, nine times out of 10, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the Hunter Elliott being out does more than affect you on Friday night.
1: You 100%. Know, it affect,
0: I mean, because if Elliott's there, they probably moved Reboss up to Saturday and probably doing something different on Sunday. And if Elliott's there, they probably win on Friday and Saturday this week or game one and game two um i'll even still say they go zero and three in nashville but how much of a different conversation are we having right now if this is a two and four team and not a not a zero and 16 right. um you're talking about maybe still hosting a regional at that point so you know look the injuries are what they are Ole Miss, quite frankly has been lucky from an injury perspective for a long time because mike and them doing well of a job taking care of guys for whatever reason it's just been snake myth this year man and look here's the reality any program that is in the position that Ole Miss is in from a scholarship's perspective, if they lose three of their best arms is going to be up a creek. I invite you to look at Mississippi state last year. That It just is what it is. And you've got to try to figure it out and fight. And uh, the good news for Ole Miss is they've got a bunch of guys that, that lost a lot of baseball games last year and wound up winning the national championship still around. They've got a coach that over 23 years has never had a bad baseball team or an atrocious baseball team. Um, so I, I still tend to and want to believe that this team at some point is going to figure something out and, and we'll see. Um, it's getting harder to believe that I'll be honest after this weekend, but now I do want to point out the two teams they played to open SCC play probably couldn't Tough. be worse from a match. Well, it couldn't be worse from a matchup perspective because you got the best arms in the league one weekend and then the best offense in the league the next weekend. Um, you know, LSU's got a better dude on Friday nights, but, but as a pitching staff, I think I might take Vanderbilt's. And, you know, LSU's offense is really good, but one through nine, I think I might take Florida. So yeah, look, it's, it's been a tough start. So that, that's why I think it's imperative to go get your feet back on the ground next week in college station.
1: Yeah, and that that's a great point. That's what I kind of wanted to bring up next was the fact that they played, two really what I think will end up being maybe the top two teams, um, in the East. Like it, again, you're right. I, I think that's well said from like a matchup standpoint. It could not have been worse because you face probably the best overall staff. I don't know. The only other one I'd consider and consider uh, consider in terms of just the staff in favor of Vanderbilt is probably Tennessee because again, yeah do pitch the hell out of it but you're right like yes LSU has a better dude but I'm just not sure there's another staff in the SEC I would rather have outside of Vanderbilt or Tennessee's and then you mentioned as you said uh, a second ago you know Florida one through nine that lineup is is pretty damn good like arguably the best in the SEC definitely top two top three with probably the Ole Miss lineup functioning at peak capacity in the mix that's a tough start you're right like Again, it's 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 two tough opponents to start, but, man, if he could have just found a way to not get swept in either one, then you're like, all right, they're two and 2-4. This hasn't gone great, but they're still fine, whereas, again, the whole swing of getting swept makes it a ton worse. What did you think of the move to remove—we hit this at the top, and then we sidebarred it. I never looped back to it. But what did you think with the way Mitch Morell was pitching? What did you think of the move to remove him— for Nichols. I think it was probably hindsight being twenty twenty 20, <sighs> blunder, but I can't blame Mike for it at the same time because he has a bunch of dudes in that pen that he doesn't trust right now. I think when we started, we talked about this right before we started recording. I think I gave like Mike's hypothetical trust level in Morel at like 50, 60%. And the one guy he trusts close to a hundred percent was Nichols. And he just had a bad day. So I don't really blame the guy, but at, by any means, for going to your dude to try to finish that game off, particularly as the lineup was about to turn over again. But then at the same time, Nichols has the bad day, and you're like, damn, what would have happened if he just left Morrell in?
0: So so it's twofold for me. Uh, one, there's 23 years of data that says in that situation, he's going to go to his closer most every time, and he's won a lot of baseball games doing it. Here's where I had a little bit of an issue with it. You know what you had to do after that first game on Saturday? You, know you had you to know? go
1: play again. You had to go play
0: again. I thought, here's just, here was just my thinking. Look, if you're going to have a chance to win two baseball games today, I don't think you can burn both, both Morrell and Nichols. Like, like what? And you're going to start Sonia in the second well, Who in the hell is going to get out after that kid comes out? If he's able to get an out, the answer was nobody. Um, outside of JT Quinn, pits, he pits decently. Um, But I I just thought you uh, with the three-run lead, again, one-run lead, a little bit different. I just thought with the three-run lead, it was a little bit – you could have maybe taken a little bit of a gamble knowing that, hey, if I put Nichols in right here, I just burned Morrell and Nichols for for this game too, and I don't know how I'm going to get 27 outs and win this baseball game. So when he made that decision to me, and I know he wasn't thinking this, but in all reality, I thought, okay, he's conceded game two. Like – not, not he's conceded game two, but Ole Miss is not going to win game two. Like, I don't, I don't know how they're going to get enough outs. That was my thinking, was if that had been Friday night, okay, I get it. But it wasn't. It was, it was Saturday morning, and you were going to have to turn around and play again that night. And I just didn't think Ole Miss had the arms to get it through. And I thought with a three-run lead with six outs to go, it would have been worth the chance to take there.
1: I think that's a terrific point. That was where I was going to kind of steer the conversation next was like, you're right, and it, it another thing that underscores the the precarious situation. Ole Miss in from a pitching standpoint uh, is double headers, and look, I don't think they're going to play a ton of them, and you can't obviously plan for them at the time. Sure, but like you're right. I, I had someone, a, a a friend of ours, I sat with my dad for the game uh, on games on Saturday, and a friend of ours that was sitting next to us was asking, like, I think someone mentioned, like, so who's going to pitch in game two behind Sonye? <laughs> and outside of JT Quinn. I just kind of sat there for a second and I was like, who who the hell knows your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I probably would have eventually stumbled on Jordan Vera, but outside of that, it's like, I don't know who else. And I think you make a good point. It's like with the lack of arms that they have and it being a double header, if you pitch both of those guys in the first game, you're obviously they can't come back and pitch in the second game. So Mike was kind of going all out for game one. Again, you can second guess the decision all day. But when you have a guy like, mason Nichols, who has a rough day and they blow the game like that then you're in real trouble that's kind of what i was alluding to earlier or after that game happened i was like this is probably not going to go well for the rebels because they just didn't have a ton left in the tank for game two and that's the pro argument just just let Morel finish it off because you have to go play another one in an hour versus a 24 hour period to let someone's arm recover and so i i think you underscored that well again i'm not blaming mike for the decision i just thought Man, if you're going to put both those in, like they better win the game because it's going to be a real backbreaker if they don't. And obviously that is what happened. But I, I guess the second part of that that I'll kick back to you is like when someone asked me that question where it was like, well, who's going to pitch in game two behind Sonja? I had Quinn and then I had a whole bunch of I don't really know. And I think that probably perfectly encapsulate where this team is at. Like very rarely, even if doubleheaders. Uh you know notwithstanding like it's 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 very rare you get into game two of a series and after one reliever, which Quinn was the one I could name, like I had no clue what to answer in terms of who was going to get outs for them in the bullpen perspective. I just didn't know, and that's that's not always the case with Bianco's team. that's rarely the case,
0: yeah no he usually uh, does a does a really good job, especially by this point of the year of of having roles established and you know what you're going to get um as far as that goes, wow, looking at this man, um Mitch Morell had only thrown thirty one pitches. I uh, man, I wish they'd rolled him back out there um that because what I was thinking was I thought morell had thrown like you know fifty five or sixty pitches, and I was gonna point out, hey um. This is the world, Mrs. Bullpen Is that is that they ran him back out there
1: today after throwing 50, 55 pitches on Saturday? Nichols, um, he moves, threw, by the way, who didn't throw as many pitches, but they ran yeah. him back out there
0: again. Well, no, actually, Nichols only threw one less than morell As funny as that sounds, Morell um, hey. threw thirty-one. Yeah, morell threw thirty-one and two point one. Nichols threw thirty and zero point two. Um, gosh, I wish that it just ran Nichols or excuse me, morell back out there. Um, man. But, yeah, no, it's just look, I'm not look hindsight hindsight is twenty twenty might be in because he won a lot of baseball games, I'm not saying he made, look, I've said before he made the absolute wrong move, um you know when he put, puts puts mallets in and starpool, um, or you know sacrifice Terminal moment vin, for he, this
1: podcast, by the way, yeah.
0: sacrifice Bunts, <laughs> vin van leave in a college station. I thought, hey, like, like, dude, you, that that's dumb. Like, what are you doing? But I, I can't sit here and say this move was the wrong one or that it was dumb or that it wasn't right. No, it just didn't work out. Would I have done something different? Maybe. But they don't pay me a million dollars to coach the Rebels. Thank God for everybody. Um, but, you know, it, 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 the move that he did make didn't work out.
1: Yep. And, again, we spent a lot of time talking about the pitching on this and at risk of being kind of overly redundant – Uh, what I was harping on earlier uh, a little bit to kind of push back on some of what you said was the offense is not absolved the blame in this. They were very good in the first two games. Don't get me wrong. And we're good enough, but they weren't good enough on Sunday. And if you just look at over the overall numbers for Ole Miss in SEC play with their hitters, one through nine, it's not good enough. It's just not. And that that doesn't mean the offense collectively, the results have not been good enough. It has been good enough in more games than it hasn't. But it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, and they just have a couple guys that are not performing to the level they need to perform at. I'll just read you a couple stats here. Through six SEC games, Ethan Leger, two hits. He's batting one twenty five. TJ McCann has yeah. one yeah. hit. He's got he's played in all six games and started five of them. Peyton Chatney batting a buck or not a buck, oh forty five with one hit. That's three regular starters through two SEC weekends who have a combined one hit to their names, that just can't happen given everything we outlined with the pitching.
0: Yeah, it's bad. But, but you, I mean, Ethan Groff hit 174 in SEC play. Gonzo's hitting 200. Calarco hitting 222. Alderman's hitting 261, but only a 781 OPS. He has one extra base hit. Two, two and Clarko, excuse me, ton extra of base.
1: strikeouts, too. Yeah,
0: it's, it's not good enough. I mean, Cal Harris is playing his tail off. Um, but
1: eleven twenty-five OPS and SEC play with eleven hits.
0: Yeah. Cal Harris is like, hey, what's wrong with y'all? Yeah, we can figure it out. Um, man, it's it's not good enough. And you know, look, that's the that's the one thing that you look at is like, hey, this isn't going to continue. Um, it's not. You know, the the this offense is too good. I watched it last year. I watched these guys perform last year. Um, but I also watched this offense that we thought was good last year get really freaked out and panicked and not perform because the pitching wasn't good enough and they yeah. pushed and they pressed and they couldn't get it figured out because the pitching was getting, putting them in holes and then they never really recovered until the post Um or at least until, you know, right at the end of the regular season. So you don't want that to happen either. And, you know, I don't know if that's happening. I don't, I don't think it is, but if they go another weekend where, you know the numbers don't look good i quite frankly now that i'm looking at all these numbers i'm not exactly sure how they scored all those runs in the
1: first i know it's crazy isn't it it doesn't really add up at all i was about to say that in a second it's like you look at their numbers individually it's like what how did they score what that 15 runs in the first two games against florida right look they had two really bad days offensively up in nashville and that's probably tells more of an accurate story which is kind of what i was getting at earlier the offense again pitching is the predominant issue but the offense has not good an, Good enough, they've worn you know, they had two good performances from a runs output standpoint against Florida. But to, like, as you just outlined, it is kind of crazy to look at it when you look at the overall production in terms of the runs scored versus what the actual individual numbers are. It doesn't really make a ton of sense, does it?
0: No, like how have they how did they score 15 runs in those two games? Um, I'm looking at the box score from Alderman's actually been a little better than I realized. Um, Alderman. Uh, was really good in those two games. That's that that had something to do with it. Um, but yesterday in game two, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of zeros up there after after Alderman. Um, you know, Leger has two hits yesterday. Um, I don't know. It's no, the offense has to be better. The offense has got to carry him at some point. Um, and, you know, they did they did on Friday and Saturday, but they, you know, what we said all year was they're going to be able to hit Sunday pitching really well, and now leon is not your normal Sunday dude, but he he wasn't particularly good today. Um, here's where, you know, here's where Florida got a little lucky, too. They, and, and I haven't, you know, monitored or, or scouted the Florida bullpen, but I'm going to bet down seven to four when they took Sprota off the mound, they didn't put one of their better dudes in, right? They didn't put one of their better relievers in, and then, you know, they all of a sudden look up and they're up nine to seven, and they bring in somebody to close the game, and they do it. They do. They do it. Well, they they just saved some of their bullpen doing that. Yeah, and then you know the second game they kind of win and not blow out, but it wasn't overly close fashion. I don't figure they burned any of their better bullpen arms, so they had those guys available for Sunday in a tight game and were able to to use them in that fashion. Um So you know, Ole Miss isn't able to to put up the runs on Sunday that you kind of hope they do. I don't know. Some of it's bad luck. Some of it's they're not playing well. And some of it is, is the offense isn't good enough. And A good portion of it is the pitching is atrocious.
1: Yep. I, 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 you can put that on a shirt. That'd probably be a ton to put on a shirt, but that's the best way to describe the season. And one of the things that I found interesting so far that, you know, the lack of success notwithstanding, is just an interesting kind of side story with this team. They've played six SEC games. They have DH furnace in two of them and they have DH Burford in four of them and Burford has one hit in 10 at bats I think he's drawn one walk and he struck out three times so he's putting the ball in play but he has not gotten much of a hit and then Furnace is three for eight I imagine some of that's matchup based but they're not getting much out of the DH slot when you figured it might be a revolving door, but because that's because they have a plethora of options. But through six games in SEC play, the DH spot is not really helping them out at all. Furnace has been pretty good in the opportunities that he's gotten, but Burford started four games and he has one hit to show for it. Like they're going to have to shore that up because again, at certain point, one through nine, this is going to have to be better. And it's TJ and Chat and the DH spot is really what I'm looking at because I know the uh, the. The Alderman strikeout numbers are kind of high and not, you know, Leger hasn't been very good either. But you talk about Chatagnier and McCants, like you're counting on them to be three pretty, two pretty solid contributors. And then you figured you'd figure out the DH spot. All three of those are just absolute gaping holes in the lineup right now.
0: Yeah, no. what no, do you do at DH? Bad. Do you just let
1: Furnace do you just let him have it? Is it him and yeah, I don't I, know I, how you? I'll I put, the I
0: put one of the kids there. I'll I put either or, or I'll play both, but one of the kids plays it. Um,
1: I'm not above giving
0: I want Malone shots either. I was about I to say,
1: know. how about our guy Malone? I don't, I don't look, there's probably a reason for it, but like sure. at a certain point, why not stick him in there?
0: Yeah, no, sure. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you got to figure it out. There ain't no doubt about that. I, I, I do think. I will say this. I think that when you look at guys like Chatagnier, you look at guys like McCants, really those are the only two that I think anybody would complain about. Those dudes aren't coming off the field, right? Like yeah. like Peyton Chatagnier and, and TJ McCants are not being benched in their junior and senior years. You can yell to your blue in the face. Um, after what they did last year in the postseason, th- those dudes are going to get the opportunity to figure it out. So they got to figure it out, though. You know, and it may take a minute. It may be frustrating. But um, I don't know, looking at the bench, how – like last year there there was some depth. Like looking at this year's bench, I don't even know where you would start to replace those guys. So those guys are going to get the opportunity and a long opportunity to figure it out. And if you're on this, you just hope that they do.
1: Yeah, I mean, the – with those two, I don't really know what that even look like. Like maybe in place of McCants, you would do Wood, but honestly, that like the argument for Wood is probably in place of Leger at this point, is it, it does, not? Yeah. yeah it is. So I don't know. Again, it's one of those things where the pitching has been the predominant problem, but the reason they're zero and six is because the offense hasn't been good enough consistently to kind of carry the team. So a lot going on I will with ask this. this. I
0: will ask yeah. Did
1: somebody?
0: Does somebody made a good point. It's a fair point. I don't think this team – look, and and I don't mean this in terms of fire somebody. I'm so thankful we don't have to deal with this anymore. Is it somewhat alarming that it looks like two regular teams in a row aren't going to go well? Because um, I don't think – I think we would be lying to ourselves if we said this team is, is going to host. They're not. This is a team that's going to look up and they're playing ball at Swayze Field June June unless something this goes magically wrong. And, again, they won the national title. They got hot as hell in, in the end. They deserve a ton of credit. Is it, it someone confirming that – Two regular seasons don't don't look particularly great in a row. Well, Again, what does that say about the program?
1: It's a it's a fair question, and I I don't necessarily know the answer. Last year felt just kind of totally inexcusable. Where this one, I kind of understand why this is happening, and it goes it feels back like to twenty
0: seventeen, but on the other end.
1: Yes, but like. Again, yes, is it a bad sign that two years in a row Ole Miss has been very, very bad in the regular season for the most part? Um, Yeah, like, look, there's credence to that theory, and I don't necessarily know what that says or what the answer is, but no one should be completely absolved from blame for that. I I don't mean to dismiss it as such, but this one makes sense, whereas last year didn't make hardly any sense, but then they won the national title, so it doesn't, like, matter at all that it didn't but now, when you bridge the two thoughts together, it's kind of like ah, oh, there is something here, and I I don't know what that says. Like you said, it says about the state of the program. Um, again, I I don't know. You know, last year when you lose a gunner and you lose, I, I'll I'll put it to you this way: if you want to draw some correlation between the two and say it's alarming, after the twenty twenty one season ended in um. In Tucson, Arizona, you lose a gunner and you lose a Doug. And the fact that they didn't have established starters that were very good to start the year last year, I could kind of understand. But now you're two years in, you kind of struck gold with Elliot. Maybe that was part of the plan to some degree, but he's out. But the fact that they don't have two dudes, or I guess even if you want to count Elliot as one of those, another dude and you're having to rely on a true freshman in the Saturday role, that would be the part that would raise an eyebrow sure. for me, right? The talent cycle ends, you have a transition year, then another one kind of kicks in. That hasn't happened yet. Like, I don't know who you're looking at outside of Sonia and being like, this guy's going to be awesome eventually, but it's just not happening right now. Does that make any sense? Like, no, that that would be the one alarming part to me.
0: That's definitely that's where somebody just asked me that this week, and I was like, well, it's not an awful point. Again, you know, Nobody cares that they weren't good in the regular season last year because they dogpiled in Omaha. Um, but, but it is a fair question. And, and my response was, and, and I'll, I'll be interested to in see what you think. Look, when you, when you're Ole Miss, right? And you have 11.7 and that's pretty much your number. You build towards years, like, like you build towards, Hey, we're going to be, you know, look, we're always going to try to be extremely competitive and get the college world series. There's going to be certain years where we think we can do special things. And, and unfortunately for Ole Miss, that. Last year was that year, and, and a lot of the year you you look at it and it's like, well, they didn't live up to that, and then they go and win the national title. This was always going to be the year where they kind of took a step back. You were yeah. going to lose the Elko, and the, you are going to lose the the Graham, you are going to lose Bench, you were going to lose, you know, a lot of different types of guys, the Dunhurst. Um, and and you're it just feels like that, you know, after 2016, there was a rebuilding phase from an offensive perspective. Well, this year in 2023, there's a rebuilding phase from a pitching perspective, and and the dudes that you thought you were going to be able to count on all are wearing arm slings or are not available to throw right now. So it just, I don't necessarily. I think, quite frankly, if you if you want my honest opinion on what has happened so far this year, if you if you want to say, hey, you know what what's happened so far, I think you just had crap luck. I, I really, and I don't mean from a win loss perspective, but when you lose three arms. Man, I don't know how much scholarship uh, money Hunter Elliott, Riley Maddox, and Josh Mallett are taking up, but I would bet it's a decent portion. And when you don't have those dudes available and you're having to rely on, you know, whatever else scholarship-wise available, um, it becomes tough. Like it's going to lead to a few losses. This is not the MLB where you can just go call off a prospect. Um, quite frankly, I'm sure if Ole Miss could go call up some of their senior signees right now, they'd do it. Um, but, you know. It just it just kind of is what it is at this point, and I'm not necessarily sure there's anybody to blame for this.
1: Yep, and and to that point, to kind of answer the own question that I posed, that was open ended about like, okay, what's up? Like, why don't they have two guys? Even though Hunter Elliott's out and counting him as one of them, you know, two years removed from losing Doug and Gunner. My question to counter my own point, which I often do on this podcast, as people love to point out, is. Would Grayson Sonye have been the Saturday guy to start the season if Josh Mallett is healthy? What do you think the answer to that question is? I
0: think he would have been in the rotation. I don't know, Saturday, Sunday. I think I will be honest, I think they've always believed in this kid and that they I were agree. going to give him every opportunity that that to to be in the rotation somewhere.
1: Okay, and then the second piece of that is, given what has unfolded with Grayson Sanier to this point, would he still be in the rotation and have made a Saturday game to start against Florida if Josh Malitz was healthy? He would not
0: have started against Vanderbilt, I don't think.
1: Correct. I'm with you. And so that's probably part of it. Again, you lose three guys, and that's what we ultimately come back to. Should they be 0-6? No, but I don't know. It's going to be fascinating.
0: Five- you know, what's funny is, like, people are getting frustrated, and I get it, but Bianco is never going to use that as an excuse. You know, he's never going to say, "Hey, uh, y'all, y'all, we have three dudes out." No, he'll you know, never he, say that. No, he'll never mention that. Hey, we've got three cats out right now, and that's why we're not going. on. but, but it 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 just is a reminder. Like, hey, when a program like Ole Miss that doesn't have scholarships advantages loses, what would you say? Three of their top five arms. Is that
1: fair? Yeah, because I mean, at the, the certain point, the other on other only other ones you could count is Sonia because of the talent and because of what they think he could be, but it really just be Doherty and Nichols. Yeah.
0: Like three of their top five arms. I'm going to just be real with you. Any program in the SEC that three of their top five arms goes away is about to struggle. Any, any program. Okay. Some more than others, but any program is about to get hit. And just unfortunately, Ole Miss has got to fight through it. Um What's going to be interesting is when they do get Elliott back, because I believe the hope is in about two weeks, um, how that looks and what they use him at. Because, quite frankly, I don't know how you if, – if he's good to throw, I don't know how you don't just put him on a weekend immediately and get what you get out of him.
1: Yeah, you would you would need to 100%. Like, I mean, you said I think a couple of weeks ago is like I would wager against his first start back being – in SEC series, but now it sounds like you're probably changing your tune, right? Like, with good reason, right? We we have more evidence. I'm not, like, saying, like, hey, look, you said that a couple weeks ago, but that's kind of the whole point. It's like, well, now you kind of got to, right? Like, like, If
0: if he can give you three innings on a Saturday, sounds good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think – I will say this. I don't think he comes back in a bullpen role because, quite frankly, you can control more as a starter, like, as far as warm-ups and routine and that type of thing. So I think his first start back is a start. I don't know if it'll be a midweek or SEC start. I hope it's in the SEC because Ole Miss, frankly needs him. Um, but here's the issue, right? Let's say Ole Miss wins one in college station and one the next week. They're two and 10. He may not come back at that point. And I'm not saying that the kid would do that, but like, at some, at some point, you're like, what are we doing? Just go get the surgery. Or, I, mean, I don't know if he has to have surgery, but just give him even more rest because you look up there and you're 2-10, and 10, the season's done. Um, again, I don't know if the kid has to have surgery or not, but I would just figure that more rest would be beneficial um, than pitching on a team that couldn't make the postseason at that point.
1: Yeah, I know what you're getting at and kind of wrap up this entire conversation. While, yes, this is a massive piece of what's going on with this baseball team. Everything we just discussed about needing to get better, and I know some of it was the pitching is what it is, but talking about the offense getting a little better and guys needing to find roles and them needing to find some consistent arms. Elliot coming back, one, there's no guarantee he looks like Hunter Elliott immediately. I think that obviously the best case scenario is he just comes back, doesn't look like he misses a beat, and this team kind of finds its form. But that's also, even if that part is the case, that's not going to fix everything. This team would not be a quote-unquote, you know, good baseball team right now, even if they had Hunter Elliott. they just have too many other issues elsewhere. Would they be two and four, maybe like three and three? Yeah, potentially. I think there's a decent chance that you could make a case that that's true. But like, I guess my point is Elliott's not, Elliott coming back doesn't fix everything with this team. They got a lot of other stuff going on that they need to figure out, so it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. It makes for a very precarious uh, precarious weekend at College Station. If Hunter Elliott had started this weekend,
0: let's just say that magically God let Hunter Elliott come back and throw game one for Ole Miss on, on Saturday. Well, who's, who throws game two? Doherty?
1: No, I think it's Sony, Or, Well, maybe it's Doherty. I don't know. Do you think they'd have moved him out of the pen in place of Sonia? Like, they'd, they'd have removed think, from Here,
0: Here's what I do think. I think at this point when uh, Elliot does come back that Dorty's not leaving rotation.
1: Oh, okay. Who, who, who
0: are you putting in it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, who in God's name are you going to put in it? Um, I guess my point is, like, even if Elliot's back, your bullpen's still not very good if Dorty's not going to it. So you still have that issue to fix to your point like hey LA can fix a lot but uh the bullpen's still not very good even if he even when he does get back so uh no look he can fix a he can give you a you know six or seven innings a weekend of strong pitching but uh somebody at some point is going to have to step out and be good out of that bullpen
1: Yep so we'll see kind of how it turns out. Um, it's it's going to be fascinating. Makes for a massive, massive series in College Station next weekend. Let's. Uh, I don't think we missed anything. Let's take a uh, take a. Well, actually, one last note I wanted to get at. Mister um, Otani, Jack Caglione, uh, he lived up to the billing. I know he didn't have a great outing, but the home runs that he hit, yeah. oh my lord!
0: Yeah. Did you see he these? The, yeah, he hit that first one. I swear to God, five hundred feet.
1: So I I looked that one up on video. I was going to the game. I was going to meet my parents at the game. Uh, We'll put this one on Uber. Uh, Uber was pretty pretty scarce at whatever reason at that point in the day in Oxford. So I actually missed that home run. But I get to my uh, my parents' seats and, like, everyone around is like, did you see that kid that hit that home run? And I was like, no. And then I looked it up and I saw it on, like, the Florida Twitter replay or whatever. And I was like, damn, he got a hold of that one. And the second one he hit on Saturday wasn't as well struck. But uh, it's still clanged off the batter's eye, which, as you know, it, it's hard to get one out there. Uh, my man's got real power. I'll just put it to you that way. I was, I, I, college Shohei lived up to the billing. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, and then he threw ninety eight from the left side, which that that on Sunday, which seems mean. Um, yeah, it yeah, just seems really... unnecessary. <laughs> like that's just mean. Um, yeah, no, the kid's a stud, man. Like. I respected Groff so much for going back to the wall. I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? Save your energy. <laughs> that ball that ball has gone 5,000 feet. Um, I would actually like to get the track man or the rap soda to tell me, or I guess it's far that ball went so they could be off by 45 feet. Because they're going to tell me it went like 455. And I'm like, no, that ball went 500 feet.
1: So his second one that was not the one off the wall, one of the nice benefits of when my mom and dad sit – is some of the guys that do the old Miss, like, analytics thing sit, like, directly behind us up against that wall. The yeah. second one that was not hit as high off the wall, uh, that was the less impressive of the home run, 116 exit VLO, the second one. No. <laughs> yeah. Kick and play. But the other piece of that before we got around to looking at the SEC and get of here that one wanted to get to, and I don't mean to continue to kind of beat the drum about the offense, uh, Caglione gave up eight walks in three and two-thirds innings, and Ole Miss only tagged him for two earned runs. Eight yeah. walks in three and two-thirds, and Ole Miss only scratched two runs across the, get- How the game. How many times did they take? A lot. I mean, you and it, it, was a, it was a few Ks. It was a double play. Caglione only had three strikeouts, but it was a lot of pop-ups. You had TJ ground into a double play. You had a TJ strikeout. You had another pop-up from Harris. Like, it was just very – I mean, honestly, Man, they non-productive. just in times you need a productive at bats. You know, the, the one
0: criticism I have of the Ole Miss program, this just popped into my mind. Um, when they lose the first two games of the weekend, they don't usually win the third one.
1: Like, like you know what I mean? If yeah, I'd love to see game, the numbers on that. Can you? Like, how, how often do they fend off the sweep? I can.
0: I can recall one time, just off the top of my head um it was 2018 south carolina where they just had to have it or we're talking about not hosting a regional
1: you're but, missing but, one uh, in there too lsu 21
0: yeah okay and then they, and they deserve a ton of credit for that one because that
1: they were down eight late um which doesn't I, disprove your point i'd love to hear the numbers on this i was just pointing out there was one other in the mix but outside of that what what other ones can you think of
0: you know i, I just that's, that's, I guess, I guess would be a fair criticism if anybody had it. Like, I can recall, you know, 2019, they lose the first two games to Mississippi State. Um, and, and then they wind up getting swept. All right. 18 South Carolina. I remember that one. Um, and, and then, you know, Alabama, geez, they win that. Um, I'm kind of going through right now, but yeah, for whatever reason, it just feels like when Elvis loses the first two, um, uh, they don't usually fend off the sweep. And I, and I get, I would bet some of it is like, Hey, you're, Ole Miss baseball, you don't ever expect to lose the first two games in the series, so um, I get it from that aspect. But just kind of, just kind of interesting. that it feels like, hey, every time they lose the first two, they just kind of go ahead and lose the third one.
1: We'll get into A and M a little bit later on in the week, um, but it, it it certainly is going to be a uh, a fascinating couple of days for Ole Miss because they're. When you talk about it, you're only two weekends in. You're the third weekend in March. It's going to bleed into April. Uh, this coming I weekend. About it.
0: I forgot about the 2019 at Tennessee too. you remember they got swept by State,
1: and then they lost the first two in Knoxville and won. Oh, um, that's right. And that that was a win that did, they kind of credit for the turnaround, right? Remember that was yeah. like we just loosened up, like we don't have any other option here because you know that was iteration number one of Fire Bianco post the first Omaha run, right? Like that 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 got yeah. real bad too.
0: Yeah, I guess I, I'm probably. I'm, I'm wrong in that. They, they do it more than I realized. Um, I do this I nine they-
1: times a day, dude. I have a theory, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely right. And then I, like, think through it, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not. I'd love to see it, though. Like, I, I wonder what it is historically compared to the SEC. That would take some nerds to figure it out. But I feel you. Like, I understand what you mean. They've done it in some um, crucial spots, but, like, I don't know. I mean, they haven't done it two weekends in a row, when it felt kind of crucial, but – We'll see, man. It's it's gonna be an interesting interesting late March series for the uh for the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, what do you make of the whole honeymoon phase over talk? We'll wrap it up with this. What do you uh, make of the honeymoon phase over talk being like my thing is is yes, this is not great. It's not great by fire. No, no. Uh, I did text one of my buddies this
0: weekend. Um, because he like uh we were talking about when Ole Miss got to Omaha. Last year, he he sent me a text message. He was like, would you go 0-30 in the SEC to uh, win the national championship this year? And, like, I was like, absolutely. And, like, he went and, like, emphasized my message from last year where I said absolutely. I'm like, well, hell, I didn't realize I was going to have to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, look, they won the national title last year. It's I'll be honest. If this team had gotten put out in Hattiesburg or wherever last year in Miami, I'd be really pissed off right now. I'm just like. Yeah, it is what it is. They'll figure it out, or they won't, whatever. They can't take that national title away from me unless they'll c- committed recruiting violations, which I'm pretty sure uh, number five did not commit recruiting violations.
1: I don't think you did either. I don't think they're taking that national title away. But I do think it's an it, – I'm trying to make this thought somewhat coherent without it sounding just too spacey and out of the – out of the realm, I do think it's important to not pull a Mississippi State and go 5-25 and 25 in sure. the league a year after that happened, don't you think? Just from a program sure. stability standpoint, like, they, they need to come out, figure this out, at least get back in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid. I, yeah, I know no. that sounds crazy to say for a team that, what, I mean, technically – Technically speaking, seven days ago was still ranked number three in the country before the polls came out on Monday morning. Like, yeah. it's kind of a wild, wild fall there. But they they, they don't need yeah. to do the whole 5-25 and 25 or 7-23 and 23 and just throw away the year after you won a national title. This yeah. team having somewhat of an admirable title defense by at least getting in the NCAA tournament, I do think is important.
0: No, I do too. I do too. Um, And I'll be honest, if you made me bet today, and I wouldn't actually do it, if you made me bet, I think I'd still bet that
1: I think I'd probably lean a slight yes because, again, I don't think this team is as bad as they currently look. So, I, I mean, again, the math is not in my favor, but I do think they will probably find a way to get the 14.
0: Well, yeah, sure. It wasn't in, their, in our favor or in their favor last year when they were 10 and 14 and had to go to baton rouge.
1: Well, and at the same time, again, I, I, I hate to, like making it sound like I'm making excuses like for the team. But they took, like, they, they just, they, they're 0 6, but they also crossed off the two of their four toughest SEC opponents pretty easily. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, we'll get to the around the SEC look in just a second, I promise. But, like, it's not like state got swept, like, state got swept at Kentucky, which, hey, maybe they are good. You uh, you were dead on with that one. But, like, an unranked Kentucky team and then come home to Vanderbilt. Like, Ole Miss still has Georgia left. Like, they still got Auburn. They're going to go to Missouri. Like, they. they. I mean, it was two top six teams in the country. There's no other way to describe it. Like, that's – they got swept by them, but they didn't get swept by oh, some – And Ole Miss, Ole Miss ain't ready for that. Like, they're just not.
0: Yeah. They're – they're. that's like, you know, you're the the bottom of the SEC, you know, team going playing at Alabama football. Probably not going to go well for you. Maybe later in the year. That's the good thing with baseball. You get more time to develop and you get more games and whatnot. Um, maybe later in the year they're more ready for that competition. But but almost couldn't have drawn a worse two teams. Um, frankly, I don't I think I'd rather have played LSU and Arkansas um than the two teams that they played. Now look, they were never in any world gonna beat Paul Skeens, but I do think that they could have competed with LSU and Arkansas a little bit better than maybe they did the first two weekends. Again, this team obviously has warts, has flaws, not good enough right now. And if the, you know, thankfully the season doesn't end today, but if they did, um, they wouldn't make the NCAA tournament. Thankfully they have, uh, 24 games to go. Um, and almost has got to figure out a way to go 15 to nine over those 24 games. It's a long way to go. And if you let it, the SEC will beat you down. Um, but the good thing about the SEC is that, that it rewards you and gives you plenty of opportunities to get done what you need to get done.
1: Yep. Let's look around the SEC and get out of here. Like, I don't have much to add to that. I mean, it is what it is, right? They're going to have to go 15 and nine at this point, try to figure it out. You know, at worst, would that be 14 and 10? And, and yeah, be in the mix. Like, I, it is what it is. We'll have to see. And it, it like you said, take it one game at a time, but it, start, it starts in conversation because you can't leave that place one and eight and expect to have any realistic yeah. hope, which is crazy to think that the season to a large degree hinges upon that. But that's kind of where they're at. Let's, uh, like a gander on the conference here. Uh Arkansas goes down to Baton Rouge, wins the game that Skeens pitches in and loses two out of three. No skin off their nose for that one. It, it was an admirable effort, but they probably had to have thought they really kind of left something out there on the table where you find a way to win that game that Skeens pitches in an extra innings, then you don't take the series.
0: Yeah, that will bother you that if you win the game that Skeens pitches and you're not you're not able to win the uh series. That's Probably going to decide the West. Probably going to give it to LSU at some point. I figure those teams will be neck and neck throughout the year, and I figure I'll it. Arkansas will look back and kick themselves over that one. Go to Starkville next.
1: Uh oh yeah, let's just do it now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have thrown you a bone and let off with that one, but hey, we're still rusty. It's only March. Um, Vandy six and zero in the Southeastern Conference takes Here's two or three. They win on Friday, twenty six to three. They win on Saturday eighteen to five, and then they win on Sunday eleven to seven. I don't have a way to package this into a good question. Thoughts. Thoughts.
0: They gave up fifty-five runs. Oh my god. Um no, first thing I want to start here. Vandy's really good. Like like I get it. State sucks. But you don't do that on the road at D Noble if you're not really good. Um at some point. Mississippi State is going to win an SEC baseball game again. Like it's been. Like I know Ole Miss has its own struggles, but they have won an SEC baseball game in their last like you know ten tries. Um, I wonder what, what does that make Mississippi State? Like they had some absurd losing streak going. It's back seventeen going. in a row. Oh my god!
1: Well, you oh want to know god. another sad about that too? I was going to lay this one on you. I had this written down for you just for to feed you in the pre-show. Um, sure. so you mentioned giving up the 55 runs. Um, in their last five SEC games, you ready for this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Five 84 runs. Oh my god, that's a, it's
0: 17 a game! Yeah, that,
1: that if you're if I you're don't who it is
0: to, I don't know what you do, but I know if I am Chris Lamonis, somebody is getting fired tomorrow. I, I don't care if it's the IT guy. I don't care if it's the janitor. I don't care if it's the secretary. I am firing somebody tomorrow. Um I, look, I don't and I haven't watched a pitch. I haven't. So I so I'm commenting unfairly. But that's about as bad as I've ever seen an SEC baseball team from a pitching perspective. And Ole miss ain't good. Don't don't get me wrong. So like when you you know, I I I understand that.
1: But they ain't giving up seventeen a game. No, it's not the same thing. I mean, those games are non-competitive. I know we do have some Mississippi State listeners out there, and I hate to do, like, the whole Ole Miss State thing. It's like, oh, and 6 but they're not the same. It really is not the same. And one of the things that has been shocking to me is, one, again, that I believe that 17 straight SEC losses for um, – ever since it was, it was crazy, they have Ole Miss's number in the series to so much – to yeah. like, it's crazy. You know, ever since they left uh, – Ever since they left Oxford in late April of 2022, you know they've won one SEC game since. It was the Friday yeah, game against Mizzou, and that's it. Like the streak, the streak started after that Friday yeah. game and it has continued, which is kind of
0: well, nice actually. To- if if you think about it, they actually, if you remember, they actually lost to Ole Miss that Tuesday um, because they went down to Pearl and played Ole Miss that Tuesday. So after that, they they lose that Tuesday. They beat. Uh, Mizzou, and then they lose, what, five, eight, yeah, 11. So they've lost um, 18 of the last 19. It seems bad. Seems really bad. I don't know, man. Um, And and here's my thing. Like, if you're Mississippi State, right, you look at this. This is I don't know how you can look at that team and think, "Hey, there, there's room for improvement." They're going to make the NCAA tournament when you take last year into effect, right? Like when you can, like if Ole Miss had done this last year and was currently doing this, I would say hey, this team is toast. So if I'm a Mississippi State fan, I look at this and I'm like, all right, they're screwed. But I think you have to make the decision right now. Like if you're their administration, okay, are we, are we doing this another year or not? Because like you know what I mean, like if they lose twelve more baseball games or, or whatever, and they finish ten and twenty. Is that any different than finishing, you know, five and twenty-five? Um well, so I, I don't I don't know what the answer is. This is either like you're either cool doing this another year to the guy won the national championship or not. But I think like the product that you are currently putting on the field isn't gonna change a whole lot.
1: Well, yeah, and but the, the crazy part about that whole situation is is they have an A D who probably is just barely putting his nameplate on his office, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have a guy that's just gotten in there. They've had a lot of change in, uh, in a very short amount of time, whether it was John Cohen leaving for uh, for Auburn or Coach Mike is very tragic passing. You've had a very lot of, like, a, a lot of churn and a lot of upheaval. And not the fact that Mike Leach passing away has any effect on the baseball job. I'm just pointing out there's been a ton of change in that athletic department. You got a new AD who's still just kind of trying to get his bearings. I, I believe they hired um, Arnett full-time which was the right thing to do I think it was the only sensible move they could make at the time before he got that ad maybe I have that timeline wrong but it's like no that's right yeah but can you make that kind of check does maybe the ad maybe this is his first chance to make a public power play because you know state has a very proud fan base they have a very proud tradition of baseball like again I haven't read any message boards recently but I would imagine they they're not putting up with this shit it's one thing to lose baseball games. It's one thing to struggle a couple, you know, a year and a half after you won a national title. It's another thing to keep getting run-ruled in games and these games not being competitive. I know that fan base is not going to put up with it. So maybe it they is. make a move, but it's a wild dynamic because you have a guy who's barely, again, barely kind of gotten his feet wet in the job, having to make a very consequential hire at to school where baseball matters a lot. Let me tell
0: you this: almost Miss misses the tournament this year. Almost we'll miss, misses the tournament next year. There's going to be some folks that are uh, going to forget that 2022 national championship. Now, it's also how it
1: looks too. It's not just missing yeah. the tournament. It's it's missing uh, to some degree what state looks on track for Hoover twice in a row and being completely non-competitive. I mean, some of these numbers are jaw dropping. I don't know how it happened.
0: Like, I just man, um, it's atrocious. And like like, so if I'm Mississippi State, you know. I, I, I don't know what you do. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call somebody's agent um, currently in Auburn, Alabama, and see if they would take it. And then that would uh, d- depend a lot on what I would do. Um, but I don't know. I, I-, I don't know how – man, because like you said, it's uncompetitive. They've been run ruled, what, three times now in six games? Um, like Like that's – at some point – some pride should kick in. And, and to, the, to their credit, they, they kept it to four today. But I don't feel like that's a, that's a good sentence for Mississippi State. Hey, to avoid, in, in, a, in a place where you're avoiding a sweep at home, you kept the game to four in baseball. Like, I don't know if that's a great sentence to utter. Um, so I, I, I think the kids are playing hard. But at some point, man, the, you, you got to worry if the, the program is so far down that it's not recoverable for a few years. You, you, you have to make a change. I I don't know. I think Chris Lamon
1: is the Friday guy. Like, how does that pitching get to where it does?
0: I don't, man. I think Lamon is a good baseball coach. So I I don't know what's happened. Um, But they, uh, each weekend they go play, they're putting themselves in a precarious situation.
1: Yes. Yes, they are. It's it's fascinating on a lot of levels. Again, I don't know how it happens. I mean, it's again, true freshman. Uh, as cool as it is to watch him pitch, like asking that guy to be your Friday night starter, just to sheer lack of options is, is brutal. I mean, they I mean, I, I do this every week. Why not just make this a weekly segment? I had it up earlier. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, you want to know the uh, weekly walk updates? Yeah. So Ole Miss has now ascended to just the fourth worst team in the conference in walks. Hey. At Move it on up. That's right. Progress. Don't let them get hot Um, at 115 <laughs> walks. Georgia's at 116, A M's at 118. So those are the three teams behind. Be a walk them. fest next weekend. Yes, yeah, so like those are the three teams behind them, other than Mississippi State. Would you like to guess what their number is now at? So, on, so the, the real, second real, worst real, team is 118. That would be 118, 168. Damn, you keep going high. I keep thinking you go lower. 158.
0: About ten, maybe I'll get closer next week.
1: Well, so it's they're still not 40. good. They're 40 worse.
0: So 158. We've played six weekends. Okay. That is, dude, that's, wait. We played six weeks of baseball. Say it like that. Um, That's 25, more than 25 walks a week. That's, uh, wow. That's like 23 more earned
1: runs than any other team in the conference. 23.
0: But here's the thing they don't get either.
1: Not consistently enough to overcome some shit like that. That's for sure who do they have next week I believe I'll look it up right now I bl- I want to say they host South Carolina in uh Starkville um who's not bad uh no they're uh they're 6 and 0 oh. 6 and 0 oh, yeah and they pitch the yeah. hell out of it now granted I I'd, I I'd, I I'd, I'm curious to see how real that offense is for South Carolina but they 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 pitch it and I'm curious.
0: They'll probably they'll probably look, they'll probably look well uh, real this weekend.
1: Uh, yeah, no kidding. Let me uh let me make sure I have that correct. Schedule state I had it up a second ago. Yeah, South Carolina in Starkville, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, um, uh, woo. good luck. That feels like one in eight best case scenarios stared at the face, but uh, we shall see. So, uh, yeah,
0: win a game next weekend, or it, it it really gets bad
1: if they don't win one next weekend. I'd be curious if you make a move like then. I get there's not much advantage to firing a guy in season. I don't think there's a ton of value in that. A lot of times in college baseball, but at a certain point does just pride kick in where you're like, "Hey, man, we have we got to do something here. Like this is this is unacceptable at this school." You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, it's a certainly a valid question. I don't know. You know, it's and again, I'm genuinely asking: Have you ever heard of an in-season baseball change? Because I don't. I don't really know if that's a
1: thing. Other than state doing it under very unique circumstances yeah. in twenty nineteen, well, whatever that was. Like you can
0: say whatever you want about Limo. I think he's a pretty good dude. I don't think he's texting folks in the dugout.
1: He's, no, he's a exactly. Pretty solid dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one was uh unique. Like I don't think it's really a thing, but again, man, I don't I don't know how far do you let the losing go. Looking around the rest of the league, um, Kentucky takes two on the road from Alabama. Alabama is kind of molding back into uh molding back into uh wait, what'd you say? Should have been three. Yeah. I, I say tonight. Alabama had to kind of pull one out of their ass to not get swept. Uh, Kentucky, maybe they're good. And Alabama now two and four in the league. I still think they're a pretty good ball club, but kind of folding, like fading back into that classic. Oh, is Alabama going to be better this year? And then all of a sudden they're, you know, three and nine in the league or whatever. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, but Kentucky, yeah, no. big win for the uh, fighting Nick Mingionis. Yeah.
0: I think, uh, I think Kentucky's pretty solid. I think they're an NCAA tournament team. Uh, maybe if they get hot, they're a host team. Um, yeah, Bama, tough weekend for Bama though. You, you don't want to lose a home series like that after pretty good showing against Florida. So um, yeah, no. Kentucky's pretty solid. Bama's still got Bama still got something to prove.
1: Tennessee sweeps A and M. Talk about a desperate series in uh, College Station next week. A uh, and M's one and five in the conference. Ole Miss zero and six, uh, and Tennessee gets back on track, which I figured they would. They pitched the hell out of it.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, you know what's funny is. Um I guess it was Burns got hit around a good bit Saturday and they still win. So that's that's good for the wall because he doesn't fix well and um they're still able, able to, to come know. out with a win. But yeah, no, it's uh it was a good weekend for Tennessee. A M's in desperation mode. It's crazy. The uh the teams that uh you know finished team that finished third in the College World series last year and the team that won the College World series last year uh, what combined one and eleven in conference play to start the year?
1: <laughs> Not what you want. Not ideal. Um, I believe that's going to do it for the around the SEC talk. I don't think we wow, missed it. Wow,
0: nothing on Georgia, South Carolina. Or, oh, that's right. South say. Carolina, Missouri.
1: Sorry, no, I screwed that up. South Carolina sweeps Mizzou. So Mizzou sweeps Tennessee at home and then proceeds to get swept. That feels like a missed opportunity. Uh, South Carolina, probably going to be pretty good. That That East oh, is going to yeah. be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly looks
0: like Florida and Vandy are the front runners, but uh, past that, you know, you've got some good teams. South Carolina, I think Missouri's pretty solid. Looks like Kentucky's going to be pretty good, and then, you know, uh, Georgia's terrible, so it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, George, George. why does this continue to happen? Why should they ever be horrible in baseball?
0: Frankly, why should they ever be horrible in
1: anything? I guess they could just don't care.
0: It feels like.
1: Uh, they lose two or three, by the way, at uh, Auburn. So they're now 1-5. and five. Auburn gets a little bit back on track. So those were the two that I missed there. Um, he is calling Bristerman. I appreciate the time, as always. We'll probably holler at you uh, in the midweek for a short preview of uh, what is a very consequential series for a But be well, my friend. Good luck in your games this week. We'll holler at you soon. That sounds good, my man. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. We'll be back at it. Probably some spring football stuff here in the midweek. And then uh, probably talk to Colin here before the Rebels head off to College Station. Thank you for listening to the show, as always. Really appreciate the listenership and the feedback. Y'all have a great start to your week.